We are so thankful for our AV guys because, you know, we notice them when something isn't going right. But They're so faithful and we're very thankful for them. Amen? Amen. So, but yeah, we have, a, I got a few announcements here this morning before we continue on. Next week, daylight savings time. Did you know that? So we're springing ahead. There will not be a fellowship meal today after the service, but there'll be lots of fellowship. There'll be coffee and goodies and stuff too, I believe. Just a special note from Karen Pope, our quilting overseer lady. She is asking for those that might be interested if you could help with quilting. That's a real ministry. Quilts have gone literally around the world. And uh, so but they're needing some more help with that. Um, we want to welcome our newest, youngest church family member, and that is Ellie Ray Cootley. Is she in? Is she in the house, in the room here? Can you bring her up here? There were. Oh, I see you got. Yes. Doug, you should really come up here too. You're a part of this, aren't you? <laughs> Congratulations. She is so cute. She, she is. Thank you for sharing her with us. I see you're already doing that as Martha was holding her. <clears throat> there is a True Bridge retreat coming up on April 3 and 4. Um, on the announcements that we send out, you can find a site there for that. And also, we have information about Real Life Women's Conference that is coming up in October, and there are some brochures for that on the table in the foyer, and you have tickets if you're interested in that, which it's going to be a great event. I can see that already. Uh, that uh, Chantel Dudley is the person to talk to about that, and she actually has tickets ready for that. So, praise God. Jesus is here today to heal you. And you know, the emphasis, you don't know because I haven't told you yet. <laughs> the emphasis that I've been getting, it's not just physical bodies that he heals. It's our whole being. In fact, we talk about dis-ease. Dis-ease, disease, whatever kind of disease. If we're not at ease inside here, disease may show up. That's one of the things that brings it. But Jesus is here. He is here. He said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. But his, this is his commission in Luke 4, 16. I believe we have that to put on the wall there. Luke 4, starting at verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, that's Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, down, down or downtrodden, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down in the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm going to read that from the Passion Translation. It's just a portion of that. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, to preach to prisoners, literally prisoners of war. You are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has come. God's acceptance is here through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the cross of Jesus Christ. He has paid the price for us, for you to be whole, to be healed inside. And we're talking about not just our bodies today. That's part of it. But our emotions, our mind, Right here, just a healing of hurts. I looked up that word brokenhearted in Strong's Concordance. It means to crush completely, to shatter literally or figuratively, to break in pieces, broken to shivers, to bruise. Some have been through experiences where you may feel this way. But there is hope. There is hope. There's good news through Jesus. He is our hope to heal us. He said that he came to heal the brokenhearted. I'm believing for that. You know, there's a good brokenheartedness. There's a kind where we are surrendered, where we're contrite before God like we surrender our lives to God and we need to be that way but there's also a broken heartedness that's talking about here where you just feel like you're shattered and I know I just get right to the point some of us feel that way here now today because of what we've been through with Kit and Chantel and with Mathis but you know what that's not the only one I know there's others that are here that have had things where maybe you prayed and you believed, but it didn't turn out that way. What I'm saying is that Jesus will heal our broken hearts. He will deliver us from being prisoners of war, you might call it. Do you hear what I am saying this morning? From shame and guilt and junk 
in our lives that has happened. Jesus is here to heal us. This happens to be the first Sunday when Joyce and I were on our Seek the Lord time last October. Very distinctly, I, I heard the Lord speak that we were in 2020 to have services on Sunday morning where we had healing and deliverance services. Well, this is the day. This is the first one, March 1st, 2020, that we're having this. And we've been praying about this. We've been mentioning it. It's been in some things that we've shared. Uh, some of us have been preparing things, you know, to share. Uh, but yesterday afternoon, I got a text from Herb Romanschenkel. And uh, he said, you have a minute that we could call you. And uh, so I said, yes, you can do that. And I got a call from Brendan Case, who is, in fact, you can come up here, Brendan. I'll introduce you a little bit. There's a mic there. Just flip up that switch. Um, he's a... But, you know... You know, the God, God is doing something in this day where denominational lines in churches, I believe, for those who are open to it, they're coming down. Amen. You know, he's breaking the dividing yes. walls for yes. sure. Yes. You know, and there's distinctions, I believe, in every church, every denomination, there are strengths, but also weaknesses. We call ourselves a non-denominational church, Sometimes I say it's like interdenominational. We have folks from all different backgrounds here as far as church denominations and so forth. But uh, Herb, I suppose, is kind of a unique guy in the sense that he's a part of St. Uh, Philip's Church in Bemidji, but he's also a part of our church. You're a two-family church. You're, you know, we claim you too, you know. And, uh, but anyway, he, he had received the baptism in the Spirit, Herb had, through the ministry of this man, Brendan Case, uh, a few years ago. And he said, and, and then he said, well, then I was talking, Brendan called me and we shared a little bit, and, and he's in the area. He had something else scheduled for today, but that didn't work out. And so we were talking about have him come and share. And uh, so he's here, but he's from, he's from the Catholic Church. He grew up in the Catholic Church. He's not a priest. He was a youth leader, right? Yeah. But uh, he, he ministers in a lot of Catholic churches, but other churches too. And we just sensed, yes, let's have, let's, let's open the door this morning and, and allow him to come and share with us and uh, so we welcome you. Let's give them a welcome, Northern Minnesota welcome. And uh, I just thought of that Phoenix thing where there's a church down in Phoenix praying for us this morning, did you say? Yeah, actually, I don't know if this means anything to you, but um, there's a bishop, a Catholic bishop in Phoenix right now offering mass for this meeting today. Isn't that beautiful to see the body of Christ working yeah. with each other and loving each other? What a concept. Maybe we should think about that. 
yeah, the church would be a place where we love one another. What a wild idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Praise God. Oh, my mic's off. See, this guy doesn't Are you saying hear. I got a big mouth, son? <laughs> so. Get out of here. Somebody needs to give you piano lessons, by the way. <laughs> so you were, okay, you're louder on my mic than I'm on my mic. I can see that. Thank okay, you. I'll back off. I, I thank God for mics. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Brendan was sharing with some of us before the service about his journey with the Lord. Let's have you give a brief you know, a, a brief sure, thing, sure. okay? Uh, sure. Just to catch us up a little bit what you were sharing. Okay, great. Maybe even a little more condensed, though, because well, I want to get to some I'm other I'm a Catholic stuff. boy, but honest to God, we call them C&E Catholics. That means Christmas and Easter. That's the only time they show up. I didn't even show up for C&E. My family didn't go. But, you know, I grew up in a time, like many of you did, that our nation was still Christian. So just going to school, public school, you heard the gospel. You know, we'd had plays at Easter time and plays at Christmas. So I was God-fearing. I, I was God-fearing, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. Well, I grew up in Mesa, Arizona, and it was Mormon Mesa back then. I've always had short hair. I've never drank in my life. I, I don't smoke. So I'm like the perfect Mormon boy, especially because I like Mormon girls. They're really pretty. I was going to all the Mormon dances, and the Mormons were like, you should become a Mormon. And I'm like, I'm not becoming a Mormon. I'm Catholic. And they're like, you don't even go to church. So despite the Mormons, I started going to church. Nothing about, well, I want to find Jesus. I was going to prove them wrong. I was, this true story, on my way home from a football game one Friday night, we lived way out in the desert. When you think about out in the desert, I'm praying the rosary. And one of the mysteries that's called of the rosary is the descent of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. Oh my gosh, I'm praying, Hail Mary, full of grace. Hail Mary, and then it wouldn't stop. I just broke out into tongues, didn't know what tongues is, broke out into tongues, scared the heck out of me, so I pulled my truck over. I'm running around in the desert like a chicken with his head cut off, crying, and just... Finally, I fell on my knees, threw up my hands. The only thing I could say in English, Jesus, save me! He took me up on the offer. Two weeks later, my mom comes up to me. I didn't tell you this. My mom was a chain smoker. Three packs a day. And you know how smokers, sometimes they got that cigarette that just hangs here as they're talking and it's kind of moving around? That's like a, that's a talent to be able to do that. I don't know how she did it. But my mom looked at me one day with that cigarette and she goes, what'd you do with my son? I'm like, why, mom? I'm really happy. She says, oh, there's something different about you. You know what I said? Mom, I found Jesus. You know what my mom said to me? Oh, great, a religious fanatic in the family. And she walked away. I didn't know what happened to me. And then years later, I walked into a, a prayer meeting at a Catholic church, and they're all, praise you, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Everybody had a tambourine, and I'm thinking, these Protestants are trying to ruin the Catholic church. I'm going to get them kicked out. And this lady, she looked at me and said, in Jesus' name, and I was knocked over. And it wasn't one of those, no, nice lay in the hands of Jesus times. My eyes were wide open, and I was scared. 
And I start prophesying. 28 prophecies, and they wrote them down, and they've come to pass. And finally, I knew I was home at that prayer meeting, that this is who I was. And I knew I was God's son more than anything. I mean, the spirit of God started flowing through me. Healings were happening. But that wasn't the most precious thing that happened. The Lord opened your eyes. Yeah, opened my eyes to who I was in Jesus that I had nothing to do with. It was all grace. And you opened your heart to Protestants. I, I fell in love with the body of Christ. You know, I'm going to tell you, Pastor, it's really rare. Honestly, I, I, I rarely call you guys, if I can for a moment, I don't call you guys Protestants. You're believers. You're, are you protesting the Catholic Church? I'm not. No. Most of us aren't. You know, that's what that means. You know, And I get it. I get it. They were protesting the Catholic Church. I want to say to you with all the love of my heart, just something to try on. I could be wrong on this. I want to encourage you because who you say you are is who you are. Why be a protester? Be a kingdom bringer. That is who we are. <laughs> we're saying that is who you are. That is who we are. We're kingdom bringers. We're, we're, we're uniters, not dividers. Yeah. yeah, and see, that's what the Lord's doing today. Amen. He's breaking down the walls, I believe, between denominations, but churches and communities, and so we work together as one. Yes. Jesus said by this, well, men know that you're my disciples by your doctrines. Mm, yeah, that's what no. he said, doctrines. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, by your love, you know, mm. by the love that you have. And love always thinks the best of the other person, Hallelujah. always wants the best that's for the right. other person. Mm. Not because they're perfect, mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that they aren't. Mm. I don't think you're probably perfect, are you? I move in the gift of prophecy by the grace of God like crazy. Pastor, did I show to you before we had a little prayer thingamajig? I started prophesying. It sounded all holy. And when I got done with the prophecy, I looked at uh, the, those that were gathered and Gus was there and stuff, and I said, nope, that wasn't a prophecy from the Lord. It wasn't false prophecy, but it was non-prophecy. It was just nice holy sounding things. I made a mistake already. So... You might want to tell yeah. me to sit down and shut up. What I want to know is, when did you come into the ministry of healing? And I would, I would oh. like to talk about healing and particularly, like even healing broken hearts and the setting free of captives, the inner type stuff. You know, and physical too, but... Yes, yes, yes. But that's where I sense the heart of the Lord this morning is toward that, right. toward the, so, Well, the, in the Catholic Church, we have this phrase, try it on, grace builds upon nature. And what we mean by that is, we're not talking about the fallen nature. We're talking about who you are. God made you that way. And he wants to use that. Grace builds upon nature. Who you are, God will take who you are. I, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm different than you. Have, have you figured that out? 
I'm loud and obnoxious. You're probably nice and kind. I'm in your face. Grace builds upon nature. And the reason why I'm telling you this, Pastor, is I did well in school. I did well in high school. I did well in college. And uh, when I graduated from high school, I had a full-ride scholarship to medical school. I wanted to be a doctor. So there's something in me, grace builds on nature. God already put in my heart a desire for healing. Pay attention. You know, it says in Psalm 22, I think it is. I'm not a Baptist, so I might get this one wrong here. But I think it's Psalm 22 that he grants the king. How many of you know that because of Jesus, he is the king of kings and Lord and Lord. How many of you know that you're in Jesus and what's true about Jesus is true about you? Did I get an amen to that one? Yeah. Listen, let me say it again. What's true about Jesus is true about you. What's, can you say that? What's true about Jesus is true about, it's true about me. About See, me. because you're in Christ Jesus now, right? So I had this natural desire that God put in me for healing. But I never accepted that scholarship. As a matter of fact, it was offered to me twice. In most universities, they'll offer you a scholarship once. And I wrote back and I said, thank you. Then I got another letter months later saying, that must have been a clerical error. And then one day I was in a bookstore, 18 years old. I went to the spiritual section and there was a book. I can show you right now. It's right up there on the top shelf. It's, it's red and it's white letters and it says this, simple, healing. And I pulled that book out, and it was written by a Catholic priest, actually, Father Francis McNutt. And I read that book, and I said, this, listen to what I'm about to say, this is me. I knew that was my call. And then years later, I was praying for people. The first person I prayed for, I remember, I was a part of a group of people was a little girl that was confined to a wheelchair her whole life. I don't remember that girl's face, but this is what I remember. Laying hands, kneeling before her, putting my hands on her knees, and she said, ouch, that's hot. I don't remember her face. I remember looking at the mom saying to the little girl, in Jesus' name, stand. I'll never forget that mom's face. When she stood. God is your father. Tell me, just if I may, Pastor. Were there any broken bodies in the Garden of Eden? Any sickness in the Garden of Eden before the fall? No. Were there any broken hearts in the Garden of Eden before the fall? Your father, our father, so loves us. He said to our mother and father, don't even touch that fruit. Not just don't eat it. Lest you die. I don't want you to die. And because of that, God rest her father Adam's soul. <laughs> Because of that, sickness entered the world. Because of that, sorrow entered the world. But Jesus came. Jesus came. 
Jesus came. Where there's sin, sorrow, and suffering, sin, sorrow, and suffering, whenever you see that, that's the kingdom of darkness. And our father Adam gave over this world to the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus, where there's sin, there's grace. Where there's sorrow, there's comfort. And where there's sickness, there's healing. When you see sin, sorrow, and darkness, and, and, and sin, sorrow, and sickness, what do you see? A kingdom of darkness. Jesus came and he said, the kingdom of God's at hand. And he came and he said, in my hand is grace. In my hand is comfort. And in my hand is healing. Whose hand do you want to reach into and take? Because he's given. He's giving to you. Who do you want to receive from? The enemy? I don't want that. And it's this simple. There's Jesus. It, if I may, am I going on too long? <laughs> no. You got to tell me to shut up or I'll just keep going. I will. You know that story about St. Paul? He's preaching into the morning. Some kid's sitting in the window. Kid falls out and kills him. You think St. Paul should have thought, I'm killing people with my preaching. You know what St. Paul says? Instead of getting the message of maybe I'm going on too long, he runs out, raises the kid back from the dead, and goes back to preaching. He just didn't get the message. We're worshiping. That is who you are. I'm going to tell you, I know who I am, a son of God. And I know what he's called me to do. I am a prophet. Standing right here, pastor. When we're singing, that is who you are, I fell down on my face. Because I'm telling you, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I got in your space there. <laughs> I'm telling you, I saw open eyes right there, Jesus Christ standing and he was standing like this, Pastor. He was standing straight spine. He was standing solid and confident. And he was kind of turned to the side like this. And he was light. And his, he was holding out his hand like this. In his hand was his heart. In his hand was his heart? His heart. He was holding his heart out to you. And this is, this is, I got to read this. See, I, I don't saw that to... too, but I didn't see it with my eyes open. I saw it in my spirit. You saw the, the same thing. Well, I saw him in the spirit. Right, right. It doesn't matter. So, hey, it listen. was just before Tim came up. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a vision of him. I just saw him. I mean, <laughs> I how, do you, how do you explain it? I didn't right. see a picture of him. I just... In my spirit, right. I, I guess my spiritual eye, I yes. saw him. And that's why when I came up here, I said, Jesus is here today. Amen. He is here to yes. heal your broken yes. heart. Yes, yes. And there he holds yes. out his heart. <laughs> wow, praise you, Lord. <clears throat> his heart is whole, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I think we need Jesus' heart, <laughs> his whole heart. Look what, look. Hey, by the way, the role of the New Testament prophet, I'm just going to take this as a teachable moment too. 
Yes, it is the role of the New Testament prophet to prophesy. Yes, yes. But that's what they did in the Old Testament too. You see, now with the coming of Jesus, the church, the church hears from the Lord. The church, the body of Christ, is the prophet in the earth. The church. And the prophet is there to support the work of the body. So the main job of a New Testament prophet, yes, is to prophesy. But here's the second thing. To teach the body how to hear. To teach the body how to hear. So I'm going to take this as a teachable moment. Church, what is more real? To see with the eyes of the heart or to to see a vision of heavenly things with the eyes of the heart or to see them with the eyes, in the, the eyes of the body. No, both are real. Don't ever think because somebody stands before you and has an open vision, which means they open their eyes, it's there, they close their eyes, it's gone. That is not more real in the kingdom than those who see from the heart. So what you saw, you saw with your eyes open? Yes, I saw with my eyes so open. So it was like an open vision. It was an open vision, but it was just as real as yours. Because it's all Jesus. What I'm trying to say is never... See, I, I mm -hmm. envy people like that that have those kind of visions. Why? Because <laughs> I like to see it once. Like you that. will. You will see it. Yeah. But, but the thing is, I'm not saying that I have to. Right, amen. Because I know. Amen. I know what I That's see. faith. Inside. Right, I know. right, right. I know. A lot of times I know there's angels here. Well, there's Ooh. angels here right Ooh. now. Oh, hallelujah. This place Ooh. is full of angels. You know, we all have guardian angels, Ooh. right? But, you know, when we come and we worship, mm. I believe that the same way that I knew that Jesus was here to heal broken hearts, and, you know, that goes to, to heal, condemnate, get rid of condemnation. Probably the most important thing we need to be healed of, I think, set free of. Condemnation and guilt, shame. Mm. Mm. There's no shame in the body of Christ. I don't care what we've been through or what has happened. Right. Amen. Jesus offers wholeness and freedom. See, that's prisoners of war. And we've got, well, I've been there in my life. You can be a believer and walk around shackled by the enemy because of hurt, unforgiveness, because of shame, all of those things Pastor mentioned. Let, let me read this to you because I don't want to, Pastor, it goes right along with what you're saying. So Jesus is standing firmly, confidently, what, what as the Father's Son. He is holding out his heart, offering it to us. He wants an exchange of hearts today. Pastor, come, you said before the service, if I can steal your scripture, Come to me. Jesus is right here. Come to me, all right you who are weary. It's right there. Yeah. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heaven laden, and I will. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
for I am gentle and lowly of heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy it's time to let go of religiosity of trying harder that church is the get it right place it's time that's called the religious spirit now pastors said this earlier yeah there's a good use of the word religion sometimes i think in the church where because it is a valid translation in james hold fast to the true religion that is pure right but there is that religious spirit of i've got to perform performance christianity will wear you out I've got to be better rather than letting Jesus do it. For my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Now, listen, he wants to exchange hearts so you can stand here. Jesus wants you to be able to stand here firmly standing with confidence, holding out your heart to a broken world. And he wants to confidently exchange hearts with you today. And that, that word exchange, it's like me giving him my heart. Yes. Too, in a new place, a new level maybe. Maybe and we've that never broken done, heart. Maybe we've never done it before. A contrite heart. Uh, broken in a good way heart. Right, right, right. You know, a, a heart that's surrendered. I'm giving him my heart. You know, that's been my desire my whole life, is to do that. But you know, and I, I did it when I was a freshman in college. I, I did it, but you know, and that was a once and for all type kind of a thing. But the thing is, I find myself doing it over and over. It's like every day in a new way, giving it in a new place, a new level, giving him my heart. Well, you know, I'm in love with my wife. We got married on November 3rd. And I told her, I, I was preaching here in Minnesota. This is no lie. And I did this couple's dinner and there was this old Norwegian farmer, old Norwegian farmer that stood up after I gave my talk about, gentlemen, it's really important that you look at your wife and you know, say, oh my gosh, baby, you're beautiful. You know, I was saying things like that. And he stood up and he says, you know, I'm going to tell you something right here, right now. And I'm not sure I can do a Norwegian accent, but I'm going to try. I'm going to tell you something right here and right now. That touchy-feely stuff? Nah, I told my wife once, I love you, and if anything ever changes, I'll tell you. I'm thinking, that girl's a really lucky girl to have a guy like that. Pastor, you know what you're saying? Yes, there was that moment you gave your life to Jesus. There was that moment I married Andrea Lynn Favela and she became Andrea Lynn Case. And I gave her my life. But every day, I'm looking for opportunities to do it again. I just didn't do it once. I want to be more, I want to learn new ways of giving her all that I am and all that I have. Isn't that the same with Jesus? 
Yeah, and there's new places, I believe, in our lives that we see the Lord asking us to do something. And maybe it's an act of love towards someone or act of forgiveness or kindness or whatever, and we don't feel like it. You know, the flesh, I mean, the flesh doesn't feel like it. Our heart does, but just to yield our heart to Him to the place where He can take it and then we just act on it. Maybe where we couldn't do it before. But as we give Him our heart, maybe even that we sense our lives, I would say. You know, in a sense too, our hearts, I wonder sometimes a little bit broken hearted. You know, when we're in Jesus, our hearts are whole in Him. But yet there's all these entrappings of feelings and emotions and, and the mind and everything that can get so hurt and bruised in the things of life. As believers, that prisoner of war translations really stuck out to yeah, me there yeah. from the passion translation, prisoners of war. I'm telling you today, wherever you have been, maybe it goes back to religion, maybe it goes back to other stuff, maybe it's, maybe there's been addiction, you know, a lot of people have addictions, fears, for me that was a big thing, fear in fear. my life, yeah, yeah. like a spirit of fear. And, and you know, the Lord is still working some of that in me. So I got rid of that spirit of fear, I believe, I truly do, Thanks that I was God. delivered from that. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? There's still deeper and deeper layers of wholeness that I think are coming to my soul. Yes. The saving of my soul. Yes. And I say that separately, differently or separately from the spirit. The saving of my soul. I'm talking about my mind and emotions, okay? I'm telling you today that Jesus wants to heal your mind and emotions. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise. It's about as loud as you're going to hear from me. <laughs> you know? It's the truth. He was standing right here this morning. This guy could see him with his physical eyes. He's here just as much right now. I know it's still in my spirit. <laughs> But he's here particularly to give you his heart and to receive your heart if you've never given it to him. But maybe it's a new level of it. Maybe it's a new room in the heart of your life that you haven't given before, that you've kept to yourself. In a little while, we're going to have a time of ministry and we're going to be here as long as we need to today. We're going to have Tim and Kathy, maybe Joyce will make it back a little later. She's got a few other things, but Pastor Dean and Gus and some others maybe just to minister here and our brother. Um, Call me Ralph. <laughs> Brendan. Brendan, yeah. I was coming to that. Oh, you were? Yeah. Just don't call me Susie. I don't want that. Nothing against Susie. 
So we're going to be doing that later, but I sense there's something here right now that we're at the altar before Jesus right now with all of us. Yes, yes. This, this is going to be interesting. That, that couple right there, that guy with, with the glasses and got, yeah, you brother, and that, that girly, that pretty girl you got there. Can you guys come up and stand right where Jesus is standing? Pastor, you start things like this and then you go, Pastor, is this okay? <laughs> you know, listen, this is what I'm thinking. Are you all married? Yes. Are you one? Uh, in Christ, yes, we are. Hallelujah. And there's actually three here because you're married, right? This is what I would suggest. I'm, I'm really into prophetic actions, you know? I want to invite you to, this is, don't let go of that girl. She'll fall over. I don't want your hand either. You pull out that hand there and you pull out that hand and you put those hands together right there like this though. You know what's in their hand right now? The heart of Jesus is here. The heart of Jesus is here, right here. In this heart, this heart, this heart, it's pierced. And there's a crown of thorns, and there's fire coming from his heart. And I want to invite you. Yeah, the altars are going to be open, and there'll be prayer ministry, yeah. But I want to invite you, if you've never exchanged your heart with Jesus, what do I mean by that? Is you've never given him your life. It's an act of faith. It's an act of stepping out. Listen, let's call it as it is. To give somebody your life, to say, you're in control, I'm not. My life belongs to you. Yikes. Let's call it as it is. But really, really think about it. I mean, you've got a beautiful life, but it's nothing compared to what you could have. I could say that to a pagan. And even a pagan would say, no, there's a better life out there for me. Well, I'll tell you what it is. His name is Jesus, amen? His name's Jesus. We all know there's a better life for us. But we don't know where to find it. We think it's me and I gotta do it. No, no, no. His heart is right here And he wants to give you his life And all you have to do Say, Jesus, I trust in you Jesus, I trust in you Did you hear that? There's the gospel simple Jesus, I trust in you So I'm going to invite you If you've never no, no, not giving your heart to Jesus. That's beautiful, but even more importantly, have you let Jesus give you his heart? Have you let Jesus give you his life? And guess what? Your heart might be broken. Your might, heart might be wounded. Are you tired? Are you lonely? 
you feel like you've lost hope You're looking for the way Well, his name is Jesus Come unto Jesus Again, it's not that you're It is beautiful that you would give your heart to Jesus But no, no, no There's something greater Jesus, I want to give you my heart, says the Lord, who will come and receive my heart, who will come and drink of me. So I invite you. Come up here and literally take your heart, reach into your chest, and put it right here. And I'd like to add to that that maybe you're like me, that you have done it before, but you want to do it again to just affirm it and to also receive. It's a new level of affirmation, but also a new level of healing for the things we've been talking about this morning. I want to give my heart to that next level. And I don't even know what all that is, but I want to do that. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first one this morning. Did you have something? And we're going to receive... Jesus' heart. Andrew has a scripture. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. I uh, looked this up here before I was called up front. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we may have hearts of stone towards some people or some things, or some events, or something that happened, or maybe a church. What I'm hearing is the Lord wants to make him soft. What song do you have there, Julie? Why don't you start leading the congregation in a song, and whoever wants to just, you know, follow me in this, you know, you just come up here and, and do it. I'm not going to be the only one, I don't think. Better not be, right? <laughs> I don't want to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me.
also wants to come here to give your heart to the Lord to a new place or level or maybe for the first time we're going to keep that open but also I'd like the other altar ministers to come up here and we'll be praying for you for as long as we need to this morning we'll stay here as long as we need to and so maybe we can have some of you ladies come up and pray too is the Lord wants to meet it this morning but will quietly be released okay God, that is who you are. 
my heart.